This week, as a slight change of pace from our regular discussion of the life of a major Gadol Batorah, Tamid Chacham, who is Yardside Falls in the week, we are going to take the life of Rav Yossel Rosenblatt, who is known as one of the greatest Chazanim of all time. Although he was not known necessarily to be a Gadol Batorah, but he was a Gadol Batvila. Yoshua Rosenblatt was born on May 2nd, 1882 in Russia. His father was a Sadigara Chassid, who also was a great Baltfila. As Yoshua grew up, as a small child, he sang with his father in many choirs and impressed the people very, very much. Eventually, he himself became a Chazan and in had different positions in Europe. In Munkach, he was the chazan of the city where the Darche Tshuva was the rav of Munkach. They would not have hired someone who just was a good chazan. Yasser Rosenblatt was unique in the world of chazanim because he was known for his piety, for his kavana for his sincerity and davening. It wasn't really the same as some chazanim, some cantors, who seemed to put on a show, but he really davened. Eventually, Yasser Rosenblatt moved to America, and he became the chazan of the, more of the, of some of the most famous shuls in America. At that time, the congregation of Tzedek in Manhattan was a very popular synagogue. Later on, he became a chazan in the area that today we call Harlem. Later on in life, he went to Borough Park and became a chazan in one of the big shuls of Borough Park. His voice was so unique. He was, was so well known that he was offered positions besides in shuls, besides in religious world. Many times he was offered positions to sing in the opera and to give different performances in different places. They say that in the 20s he was offered to sing in the opera with a fee of $1,000 for a performance. In terms of today's money, I can only imagine how much that could be in the 20s to offer someone $1,000 for a night. And consistently, Yasser Rosenblatt turned down these offers and said his place is in the shul. In fact, in the newspapers in America at that time, they published a cartoon of people beckoning to Rav Yosser Rosenblatt from the side with all kinds of offers, and he is seen walking into the shul and said, this is my place. He did perform offstage in the first talking movie ever produced, The Jazz Singer. For those people who remember the movie, there is a place where you hear Kol Nidre. That is the voice of Yasser Rosenblatt. He did not appear in person, but he was off stage and did sing there. Since he was well known as a great chazan, and as I said, he was offered many positions, he did give chazanisha concerts. He made a lot of money, but he was constantly in debt. It seems 
that he gave away a lot of his money to Tzedakah, and he was a great Tamim. Apparently, he was taken advantage of by certain people who tricked him into investing his money into projects that were that turned out to be really worthless. He had to work very hard to try to repay all his debts. They say that he reached a debt of $200,000, which, again, you cannot fathom how much money that means in today's terms. But he, he said that he would pay it back, and he really, really worked very hard in going from place to place, and he had a lot of success in, this, in these concerts, Chazanesha concerts that he gave. He consistently refused to appear in operas or in any non-Jewish uh, or non-from surrounding. They say that he once went to a reform shul because he did not realize what it was, and he was there to daven. The moment they realized it was a reform shul, he walked out of the shul. And he obviously would give up any fees that he could collect for being in such performances. Besides being such a great chazan, Rabbi Yassel Rosenblatt was known as a composer of many pieces of music. Some of them were very difficult to sing because the real chazanasha pieces that he wrote were made for him. And his range was one that was rather remarkable. Most Chazanim could not reach that range. And therefore, many of those um, compositions of his are not in our world. People don't know them. Some of the more popular compositions are known all over the world. And not all of them are known to be composed by Yasser Rosenblatt. For example, one of the most uh, famous of his tunes is Tushia Malos, a very common tune. I, at the risk of uh, uh, insulting the memory of, of Yassel Rosenblatt, but just to uh, remind the people what I'm talking about, I'll sing one part of it. They put the, the Shia Malos that goes, Shia Malot Bishuv. That Shia Malos was written by Yassel Rosenblatt. Near the end of his life, he was became ill. It could very well be that it was partly overwork. In order to pay back those debts, as I said before, he went from place to place giving concerts, and he seemed to really be overworked. He became the chazan of the Svadisha Shul in Borough Park. That shul is a, still exists. It's a big shul on 45th Street and 14th Avenue in, Bro- in Borough Park. But... They, pay, they offered to pay him a good salary at that time, and almost in the very beginning, he hardly could come to shul. He wasn't well. When he finally felt better, so they made a great uh, concert, a great uh, ceremony in his honor. But he decided to go to Eretz Israel. Some people say that he went there to go in Aliyah. I'm not sure that it was looked at as a as a, an aliyah or as a visit to Israel, but he went to Israel, and at, while he was there, his character was such that many people approached him and asked him to put on concerts for their for their mosdos, and they collected the money for tzedakah. 
So he really, really worked very hard, but he may, did not make that much money out of it as he really was giving charity performances. One of his friends, Chazan Quartin, saw him at the time and said to him that he thinks he's overworking himself and he should relax more and take it easy. He went to shul in Yerushalayim, which I'll talk about more in a moment. The Shabbat, 1933, Chav Dalet and he davened in the Bet Knesset of the Churva. A few days later, he didn't feel well, and was nifter in Eretz Yisrael. There was, he went to Eretz Yisrael, one of the reasons there was, he was there to make a recording, and there is a recording of the last uh, performance, perhaps, of uh, Yassel Rosenblatt in Eretz Yisrael at that time. The reason that Yassel Rosenblatt strikes such a chord in, in my neshama and what made him special more than any other chazan that I've heard of and the reason that I decided to dedicate one of our weekly sichot uh, about Gedolim to him was besides the fact that his voice was so great it's nice to know of a chazan who was famous not just for his voice which of course he was famous for because it was a remarkable voice but he was a chassid who davened with kavana. He refused offers to perform outside the shul. There is a famous story about one of the greatest chazanim of his time who approached Yassel Rosenblatt and said to him, I don't understand. We both are the greatest chazanim of our generation, but yet you make so much more money than I do. Why do they pay you so much more, more money than I do, than I make? And Yasser Rosmas to him, response to him was, you see, when we daven in shul, they daven they, and they pay you because you do the chazar sashat so beautifully. But you see, I also daven tefillah belachash. I daven also. So they pay me, they have to pay me more because I daven also. The fact that some chazanim were paid better than others was a well-known fact in America. As a side story, there was, uh, at the time that I lived in Borough Park, there were two great Chazanim internationally known, Rav Moshe Kusevitsky and Rav David Kusevitsky, the two brothers who were in Congregation Bethel and Congregation uh, Temple Emmanuel. And they made, at that time, a very good salary. There were other Chazanim in Borough Park who were known to be very good Chazanim, but they were paid much, much less. So, someone told me that once that one of the Chazanim in Borough Park said to the rabbi of his shul, why is it that Moshe Kusevitsky makes so much money, David Kusevitsky makes so much money, okay, maybe I should make a little less, but why do I make so much less than they do? It seems unfair. And the rabbi answered him on the spot that each person has his own tefillah. Each chazan has a special, unique tefillah. You see, Moshe Kuzovitsky has the tefillah that David HaMelech wrote, Tefillah Moshe. That's Moshe Kuzovitsky. David Kuzovitsky also has a tefillah, Tefillah David. But you don't have any special tefillah. There's no tefillah in, in Tehillim uh, under your name. So therefore, the only tefillah that we felt that you could say appropriately was Tefillah Le'ani. The uh, cuteness of the, of the uh, joke it does reflect a certain truth. Most chazanim did not make money. 
the fact that someone made money showed that he was head and shoulders above the other chazanim of his time. And Yasser Rosenberg, as I said, did make a great amount of money. Of course, he lost it in the ventures that I mentioned before. I read once the last days of of Yasser Rosenblatt's life were spent in Yerushalayim and those stories impressed me so much that I wanted to share them with people and perhaps this is the main reason I chose his life to discuss today. The Arab Shabbos that he spent in Yerushalayim, the last Arab Shabbos of his life, he was walking on the street and he was looking for a mikveh that would be open Arab Shabbos in order to prepare for, tfilat, for, for Kabbalah Shabbos. He stopped the person in the street and the person said to him, who are you? What do you do? So he said, I'm a chazan from America. He said, a chazan from America doesn't look for a mikveh. You must be something special. That impressed me much. The chazan from America, the chasadig or chasid who looks for the mikveh and doesn't just prepare himself to sing in, with the musical sheets that he needs, but he prepares himself in spiritually as well. That last Shabbos, according to the way I read it, he became, posters went up that he was going to Davin Kabbalah Shabbos in the Churva Rabbi Yudachasit in Yerushalayim. Rav Kook was also at that shul and gave a Devar Torah Leil Shabbat. Can you imagine an all-star lineup going to Shul Friday night to hear Yassel Rosenblatt and to hear Rav Kook say Devar Torah? That night, according to the biography that I read, written by one of the experts in the Chazanim in the world, Yassel Rosenblatt began a new nigin, taught a new nigin, that he made up specially for that occasion where he sang in the davened in the shul of, of, of uh, the, the churva. The tune that he told, taught at that time was a very simple, catchy little song and I find it very interesting that all of Eretz Israel it's sung in almost every, every shul almost every Friday night. That little tune that was written, that they, they sing again, I apologize, I wish I could bring Yassel Rosenblatt or someone like that, but the tune that goes, was composed by Yassel Rosenblatt that Friday night, the last Friday night of his life in Yerushalayim. Although he was nifter at a rather young, under tragic circumstances, his family lived on. His son was a famous Rav in Baltimore, a friend of my father's, a friend of our family. And his descendants today are the Rosenblatt family. Uh, one of them is a good friend of mine, Rav Jonathan Rosenblatt, the rabbi of the shul in Riverdale, the Jewish center of, Riverda- of Riverdale, and the family lives on, but what also lives on are, we have many records today that are being made into tapes and CDs of Yasser Rosenblatt, of some of his own singing and especially some of his original com- compositions. He really can be called 
and we would say that his memory and his thoughts will be a blessing for always.